You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's go around the league with our good friend Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, my co-host on First and Goal. Join us this Sunday, every Sunday, seven hours of commercial-free live listen-ins across the league on TuneIn Premium. Cordell, as we bring in Nick, I did some research about what Marshawn Lynch could be looking at. ProFootballTalk.com reporting, typical fine for contact with an official, $30,000. Fine for leaving the bench area to enter a fight, $6,000. So, Nick, with that as the baseline, do you think Marshawn Lynch is looking at a suspension for what he did last night? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, First of all, you cannot come off the field of play, off the sideline, and then engage in physical activity with any player or even touch the, the official. And it's not one of those things where you just came and you bumped him. You can physically see from the television copy, he had a fist full of the official's uniform. So you can't, this cannot be tolerated. Jack Del Rio tried to play it, play it down as much as he, he could. But he also he said himself that you know, that is something that cannot be tolerated or, or condoned. So it's going to be interesting how you know, internally the team deals with Marshawn Lynch coming off the field to, I guess, help, you know, Derek Carr, who he felt as though took a shot late on that particular play. But I, I understand it from a teammate standpoint. Here's Derek Carr. You know that uh, everything rides on him being healthy as far as maybe Super Bowl hopes or, you know, just getting into the playoffs. And he's just coming back off of this uh, transverse back injury. And for him to take the shot that he just took, you know, that, that can be upsetting. If Marshawn Lynch is on the field, I can understand that. Still don't bump the ref. But you cannot come off the sideline and engage in any kind of, you know, altercation with, with another player. You just can't do that. When watching some of the feedback from some of the players, Nick, um, players like the, the Derek Cars to the Donald Penn offensive lineman, you heard no resistance or rejection towards uh, how Marshawn Lynch came on the field and did what he did because, one, they understood that trying to protect his quarterback, and to his cousins on the other side of the field, too, as well. Uh, you sound, it sounds as if guys are more understanding of it. To you, from me to you, do you think this is a distraction on this football team? Well, Mar- see, first of all, Marshawn Lynch is just being Marshawn Lynch. He, he's done a lot of things that a lot of players uh, will probably be called out for. Uh, we know about him, you know, sitting on the bench during uh, – the national anthem, and nothing has been said to him in his uh, entirety in his whole time. And, you know, Marshawn has, we've seen it before in the Super Bowl where he said, hey, I'm here so I don't get fined, and he doesn't really like talking uh, to the media. So, he, I mean, he is his own person. He is his own personality. He, he is wired a little different than uh, most players, players that you play with, players that I play with. But as uh, far as being a distraction, no, I don't think the guys in the locker room are going to feel that way just based on what you just said, how, you know, Donald Penn and Derek Carr felt as though, no, they didn't feel that he did anything wrong. I mean, for me, that's still a problem because, like I said, it's one thing if you're on the field. It's another thing if you come off the sideline. You just you can't do that, and you have to understand this too, Cordell. Uh, it's just the fact that this team you know, was frustrated. You know, they needed a win. It was very a very emotional game in, in the black hole. So this, they were charged. There was a scene – where I think two weeks ago where Donald Penn is leaving Oakland Coliseum and he gets into an altercation, verbal altercation with, you know, fans who are calling him out because they're discussing how the team is playing and how the offensive line is uh, blocking 
for Marshawn Lynch. So there's a lot of dysfunction happening in that locker room. So Marshawn Lynch just feeds right into it. So it's not a destruction. It's something that, that they have grown accustomed to in that Oakland Raiders organization. Just another day in Oakland. He's Cordell Seward. I'm Brian Weber taking you around the league with our good friend Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, my co-host this Sunday, every Sunday, first and gold. Join us at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be working even more than normal with nine early games, live listen-ins, taking you to all the big moments as they happen live. No commercials. Upgrade to tune-in premium right now. Nick Cordell and I were just talking about the Kansas City perspective now. Back-to-back losses a week ago, and no surprise, Le'Veon Bell's the top-five running back, but he shredded the Kansas City defense, and we're talking about maybe some issues against the run. Last night, Derek Carr, astonishing numbers. Do you have real defensive questions about the Chiefs now moving forward? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you lose a guy like Eric Berry, who – is kind of your quarterback of your secondary. He gets everyone lined up. Uh, he pretty much sets the tone for the, for that secondary. And right now, with him being out of that lineup, you know, everyone is taking shots down the seam. Everyone's taking shots uh, on the outside. So, you know, we're talking about looking at what took place in Arrowhead against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You saw them giving up some explosive plays. You saw, again, Derek Carr with time running out, two-minute drive, and once again, he's able to take advantage of that defense. So if you're Bob Sutton, you're, you're a little worried. There, there were moments in that game where, you know, Coach Sutton rushed three and dropped eight, and Derek Carr was still able to find his open wide receiver. Jerry Cook made an excellent catch. You, we, we might as well say he mossed three of the Kansas City Chiefs secondary guys and put the ball on the one-yard line. You, you, you can't do that. You have to understand uh, game-time situations to set up that catch Jerry Cook made. Jerry Cook set up an earlier catch where he beat one of the defenders across their face. You have to know that you're playing two-man, right? The, the, the Oakland Raiders are in a pressure situation. You have to make sure that no one beats you across your face. At, at best, let him catch the out route. But once again, this talks about the lack of discipline and the Kansas City Chiefs that everyone was talking about, you know, the fact of going to the playoffs, and this may be the year for Alex Smith and Andy Reid, how they, they started hot. But we've seen this before. We've seen the Kansas City Chiefs team start hot and fizzle out towards the end. So that's two back-to-back losses. And I believe their next game is going to be against, if I'm not mistaken, the Denver Broncos, who are you know coming off a huge loss to the New York Giants. So there's a lot of parity in this division. And usually we've seen three teams in this division get into the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see which teams separate themselves as we play the back half of the season. When looking at what Kansas City has done, allowing other teams um, that were really close on the cutting edge, uh, being one of those teams that, you know, hey, they win a couple games, they, you know, they, they're in it now because Kansas City has lost the two games. Right now, if you have the Steelers beating the Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday, they're not, they now move ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it too soon to determine who's the better team or the best team. Because within the next two weeks, a couple losses by certain teams who are allegedly at the top and considered as the best team, they lose. Then the complexity of the entire power rankings ends up changing. So when do you start really getting into the matrix of who's the best teams in the National Football League? Is it week 10? Is it week 12? Is it a little later? When do you start getting into that mode? Corda, this is a, one of those uh, unusual years. Usually by now, uh, the top teams have pretty much cemented their, their position, even though it's kind of early on. But this is going to probably come down to, like, maybe 
Uh, for some teams, you know, week 12, and for others, it's going to be that final game in week 16 when you're playing a division rival and you need that game to either, you know, get that, that number one or number two seed or just kind of get into the playoffs because right now if you look uh, across the AFC and the NFC, everyone in the division is pretty tight. The ones, the teams at the bottom, you know, you know like the Clevelands, uh, maybe Cincinnati, th- those teams you don't really consider to be really true playoff contenders. But there's a lot of other teams that are still in the mix. I mean, who, who would have thought, you know, you look in the AFC East, you, you look how that is shaping up. There's only one game separating New England from everyone else in the division. A division they pretty much dominated for the last, you know, 12 or 13 years. And you go to the AFC South, it's still the same thing. So it's going to come down to week 12 and week 16 for a lot of these teams. But as a guy who played the game and a guy who's a fan of the game, I really like it because now for me things are now starting to even out. Now there's some balance throughout the conferences and you're not seeing one or two teams have this four-game lead over everyone else. Nick, let's wrap it up with a preview of Sunday Night Football Super Bowl rematch between Atlanta and the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Take you back to a conversation we had on Sunday with Wes Durham, longtime radio voice of the Falcons. You asked him, is this team dealing with real issues? He acknowledged that, of course, dropping back-to-back home games is troubling, plus they blew a 17-point lead against Miami. Are you buying the contrarian's point of view, the Falcons could be 5-0 and when they're a handful of plays away. No, I'm not, I'm not really buying that because going back to the game last Sunday when they lost to the Miami Dolphins coming off a of bye, if you are a playoff caliber team, first of all, you shouldn't lose to an inferior team. And Jake Cutler and that offense was definitely struggling coming in. And to me, the idea right before you play the New England Patriots you squander a 17-point lead. It's not similar to what you had in the Super Bowl, but it's a 17-point lead, and you let the Miami Dolphins come back and beat you at home. Now you have to go to Foxborough and now possibly relive the same thing that happened to you earlier this year. And I know the whole idea, and Mohamed Sanu and, and Dan Quinn were talking about, yeah, we've turned the page. But really, have you really turned the page? Because Cordell knows this. I've never played in the Super Bowl, right? The Steelers beat us for the right to go to the Super Bowl play the Seattle Seahawks. But the only way to get back and get that bad taste out of your mouth is to get back and, and win one. So this is a team that didn't perform well. And, and, and how crazy is it that, you know, in the Super Bowl, everyone's saying, well, Kyle Shanahan, you know, abandoned the run game. He didn't run the ball. But what happened against the Miami Dolphins? It was like the same thing. Kyle wasn't there. Steve Sarkeesian's offensive coordinator. They didn't run the ball. So they have to have balance, and they have to throw the ball down the field effectively if they're going to go in and beat the New England Patriots. But if they, they say they did that, it's not going to wipe out what we just witnessed earlier this year in Houston. Nick, great information as always. Hope to see you Sunday. What's going on on the home front? Are we still on baby watch, 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 watch? Yeah, baby watch 2017 is still in full effect. Uh, I will keep you guys abreast as far as what, what goes on. Hopefully he decides to hold off and uh, not come until Monday. Yeah, let's hope so, pal. <laughs> congrats either way, babe. Yeah, congratulations most importantly, and I like to talk, but seven hours, I appreciate your camaraderie. <laughs> I can't do the rapping thing for Nick's pick, so I hope to see you on Sunday, all right? Well, I- I'll do my best to uh, to get there, but I'll keep you guys abreast of what's going on. Thank you, Nick. Yep. All right, guys. Take Soon care. to be a father again. I love Nick. 
You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.